0: And I'm happy to be here. Thank you for being here also. Um, in the spirit of you all embarking on and then having the nerve to show new work, I thought, I ought to have the nerve to show new work too. So I'm, re- I'm going to read a story that I started when I got here. Um, and I think it has a little bit to do with being among painters and sculptors. See what you think. I don't want to make too many claims about it. It's unfinished and untitled, so <laughs> have to be a little careful about making claims about things that are unfinished and untitled. Um, I'll read another story after this. This is fairly short. He drove carelessly, and the sun passing through the window looked to melt his hair to his head. His face was shining. His hands were chalky and raw. One hand he kept on the steering wheel, and the other let slump between them a blackened thumbnail, a knuckle bloodied. He made his living with his hands. Like Jesus, she thinks. But this man is younger than Jesus. His shirt is on the seat between them. On his chest is a lump a parasite makes, eating its way toward air. He circles the lump with his fingertip, as if stirring, as if making a doll-sized stew. The sea was heaving, a mirror that showed back nothing. The town was falling behind them. She can't see it, how one sack is going to do. She should have given him two, she thinks. She gave him money. He gave it back to her. He took a shirt from her from her country, too, the ram's head of a sporting team, a soaring modern god. Her shirt was, but that was his shirt. Hers stuck to her from the heat of the day, and the engine heat pushed through the dashboard. Her shirt was becoming transparent, she thinks, and thinks, what a funny way to say it, make a living with your hands, make a life. In the back, a sack of concrete, a tongue of fine gray dust. He has a daughter, there is that, and his God, there is that, and the work of his hands she gives him. The road was ragged, it was underway. So much in this country was underway, his boy, she supposed one could say that. In the oven, underway, nearly ready, some months. Why the oven, she thinks, and not the sack, baby in the sack, in the stew. The sea ate at the roots of the palm trees until at last the tide, when the moon was right, dragged them away. They fell softly and without noise, the wood soft and shallow roots drawn out of the loosening sand. Beyond islands, soggy, unbroken swells. She brought shoes from her country to give to him, tiny as the dolls. Now she would keep them. That part of her life was over, years of nights of waking to find her children in their beds. They are the sons and daughters, she thinks. And Jesus died and was buried, she thinks, and on the third day. Was it the third day? And she began to write the story in her head. He needed money, and I had money. He needed concrete to make a coffin with, and he didn't have money to buy it. Just a sack was enough to make a coffin with. He didn't have the little money to spend on a sack, so I gave him the money to buy it. He just needed enough for his baby. They didn't have money for a hospital, and when they got there, the baby was dying. The baby was being born and dying across the river all at once. I had money, so I gave him money. I gave him a ride to where he lived with his wife. I had a truck I could borrow from Tulio that didn't have doors and the windows were cracked and he would taped them back with packing tape and that was what we drove. He put the concrete in back and the rusting bed. He had a girl and a dying baby and we drove along the sea in the sunlight until... And she remembered the baby when her boy was born that went on tossing inside her. She had a real living baby on the outside and another baby knocking on the inside saying, I am still here. And she thought of the baby as it was being born and dying all at once, and of what it might be doing, why, what it groped at, what it pushed off from and clawed at to get out, to stay in, of what it might know, what it knew of what was happening to it in the minutes it had to live. And she thought if the coffin were hers to make, who made little with her hands, that she would begin with a coconut, a heavy, sturdy, hollowed-out seed, to pack the mud around, to keep the dogs off. A seed, inside a seed, inside the concrete. You might want it to float, but it wouldn't. But at least the seed gives a body room. It will rattle in in its pod like a pea, she thinks. And anyway, besides, wouldn't the concrete burn the baby if you packed the mud right around it or pull it apart as it dried? That seemed likely. Nobody wanted to think about that, but he was going to have to think about that, who made his living with his hands. The blackened thumbnail, the knuckle bloodied. He drove on. She could not think quite what she had seen in him, what she was seeing now. The lump in his chest, his Halloween teeth, like the teeth of the dead she finds walking. Teeth and bones and burying beads, still something, some old durable hunger. she had given him a chupetta of all things, a lollipop, a ball of candy on a paper stick. Now he tossed the stick out the window. He reached around to smear a clear patch in the dust to see through the glass to drive. A butterfly snagged against the windshield, and the wind the truck made moving plucked iridescent dust from its wings. There were thousands of butterflies like it, flying above the sea, dipping to leave their eggs on the water. They arrived for days, a living cloud, and to remember the summer her daughter was born, that crickets came inside the house, by the dozens, by the hundreds, a great abundance, and sang all night with their knees. His skin was seeping where the beecho pushed against it and polished from being stretched too far. And she wondered in a dream of a baby he might have, if the baby, like a god, would burst through his skin and once and again, as the bicho did, keep blooming in his blood. That seemed likely. He needed money, and I had money, she thinks. She thinks, I had it all along. She had the baby all along, and it moved in her, and it would bloom as when the rains came and burst out through her head. That seemed likely. Life longing for itself. And the baby would be the size of a beetle, how it felt. And on one face would be her father's face, and on the other the face of her mother, and wings like a bee, and little snelled feet, and a great booming voice like a god's. That's it for that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Glad that's over with, right? (laughs) Oh. Thank you for indulging me in a brand new and um, It's kind of terrifying to read a brand new story. This one's called Pachysandra. Um It's a, still also a fairly new story, and you'll see some of the, I think it's tonally different, or strategically or temporally of different ways different, but um, I do have, as many of us have, these kinds of um, unshakable... Material, and things that keep creeping back in. Um, Pacassandra. Rose called. I said, hello, Rose. You sound funny. I was lying on my back with my legs in the air trying to make a baby with my mister. I had a seat in there. My poor egg had slipped out to meet it. Can't you come out here and help me, Rose pleaded. She had bunions. She had busted her elbow stirring oatmeal. I was busy. My mucus was of a quality. I had just the least clutch of eggs left out of the millions I got when I started. "'Get off,' my man said, and I'll do it again. "'Is that Tonto I hear?' Tonto snorted. "'She'll talk all day if you let her. "'Just send me the obituaries,' Rose said. "'I want to see if I'm in them.' "'Come March,' Rose called again. "'I wasn't doing anything. I was solo again. "'I broke my back,' she said, reaching for butter. "'For butter?' I said, "'That's ridiculous.'" "'I bought you a ticket. I'll send Rudy.' Rudy was the help. He was wicked. His eyebrows made a lovely shade for his eyes. He was hopy, and his hair shone like butter. I said I'd come. I flew across, landed in the land of enchantment. I'd been a girl here, been in quicksand in the big muddy river. I scrambled out. No Rudy. But who, after all, can blame Rudy after all we've done?' I caught a taxi and went straight to the hospital where I'd come out into this world. Who was there, I asked, anyone? Gotcha. Big Ed and Snickerbar were somewhere in the back. Gotcha looked up weepily whenever Rose said his name. He worked to sit up and tipped over. Rose fed him off her fork at the table. I like butter, Rose told me. Is it so much to ask? Her back was cracked in three places. She broke like pencils. She had a hump you could set your mug on. The doctor said, doll, if you can get her to walk, get her at least to sit and eat. Eat, I asked him. She will vomit in her plate. I hate it to so much as touch her. Rose broke a finger dialing the telephone. She snapped the neck of her femur off, stepping up the step from the driveway. March and the jonquils were blooming. I brought a few stalks to the hospital and a peanut butter jar. A bee buzzed in the cup. It made me sleepy. Are you sleeping? I asked her. I will be. I went home while Rose slept to scrub up the house. I find a nurse and sort through the cupboards the black blackened fruit and applesauce, the chewed open boxes of jello. Rose had cans from the nineteen forties, sacks of sugar hard as adobe. She had a hip high stack of aluminum pans the city delivered her meals to her in. I'd move the bed, she needed a hospital bed, cranks and pulleys. The handsome doctor said so. Under her bed I found droppings and newspaper, stuffing tugged from the mattress, insulation, sponge. I found the ossified stools of her dachshunds, still ruddy from kips and kibbles. The shitbags snapped at me while I worked. Big Ed, Gotcha, Snicker. They pissed on my lumpy pillow. They ate every bristle of my toothbrush and threw it up in my shoes. You could take him to the vet, Rudy suggested, and ask if they are in any pain. And if they are, I asked. I couldn't do it. Rose had saved those those dogs from the gas box. They had no manners. You couldn't blame them. Gotcha had a tumor in his bowels. He puffed up and walked his belly raw on the carpet. Snicker was missing an eyeball. Something ate Big Ed's hair. They chased mice and never caught them. Cockroaches feasted at their food bowls. Candles went limp in their holders, helpless in the heat of the desert. Every doorknob was choked with elastics. Rose had saved from the paper for years. I rolled my sleeves to my elbows, afraid to have something run up them. I slept blasted on the beach with Tonto one splendid week in Panama City. A ghost crab scooted up my pants leg. A fiddler crab sat in my eye socket. You made it up, Rose said, but I like it. The handsome doctor thought Rose was my mother. My mother's already dead, I told him. But then I wished I hadn't. I wished I hadn't come. I wish I had Tonto to work with still slow in a sunny bed. My time was passing. Rose said, whose isn't? I held her sweet hand and looked out. A jogger streaked past the hospital window who eat between cars in the parking lot, sweating and showing off. He looked like Rudy. He was Rudy. Rudy was supposed to be high on the Spanish tiles, patching leaks with cut-in-half coffee cans. Half Rose's roof was cans. Rudy sprayed them with desert amber, glopped them in with a fat seam of caulk. Let me out, Rose pleaded, before he knocks the house down. She reached for the handsome doctor, her eyes sparkling in her head. She was jacked up. They call that comfortable. That house was coming down around her ears. For 40 years, the roof had leaked. The walls shed stucco-like continents the English ivy had dug its fingers down in. Everything Rose knew needed helping. Rudy and the gas box dachshunds, the stricken disco elm. She knew a one-legged boy. She took cookies. She married a man who was dying and spent her honeymoon in the hospital. A year later, they were picking out coffins, the big pink, the satin amplitude. If you find me with my throat slit, Rose told me, look for Rudy. I looked for Rudy. Rudy was turning cartwheels in the street. I was still inside cleaning. I cleaned up the oatmeal, the butter. Everything felt buttered. The soap grew mold, a green velour. The chairs wicked piss from the carpet. I thought of Hanta, death by mouse, amazing what can kill you. Rudy stayed away. I bathed the dogs and they bit me. I set the organ to play Moon River and scrub my knuckles raw. The handsome doctor let Rose go. I got her squared away in her rented bed with the hand crank and the pulleys. Her house was clean, but she didn't like it. She liked yard sales, topiary and porcelain, other people's pictures. She liked chubbies and bikinis and butterflies climbing the garden fence. Reminders, little helpful hints, tea tags and winged cookies. Next time, order the shrimp. She liked bacon fat and Jimmy Dean's sausage. She liked her bed I took apart. Rudy, helped me, I lied. Rose said Stonewall Jackson slept in that bed. She swung her feet until her slippers dropped off before he burned Atlanta. Watch it, girl, those luscious mounds of ice cream topped with cherry can be the source of extra pounds that people note just barely. I like your mouth, Rudy said. I like your buttocks. He brought his women to the Pakistani that the group beneath Rose's window. I watched them in the streetlight doing what people do. I tried missing old Tonto but couldn't. There's something about you, I told Rudy. Maybe this, he said, and showed me his package. Sow your wild oats on Saturday night, hope the crop fails on Sunday, Rose liked to say. When there was moaning in the pack, Cassandra Rose said, open the blind and let's see. Rudy waved at us, he was kneeling in leaves, he was killing her with it, how it sounded. Big Ed ran laps around the bed legs, his stool hung from the hole by a hair. Something was leaking from gotcha. A pair of roaches chased Nicker from her food bowl until she was too spooked to eat. Rose fed her in bed, the TV blaring, her eye cup buzzing with flies. Rose kept TVs on in every room of the house half the day, all night. I woke to car crashes, shootouts, Rose thrashing in her bed. We kept her jacked up. We lost track of the bones she was breaking. We lost Gotcha, who had leaked for too long. There was a big rusting freezer in the basement stuffed with meatloaf and frozen lettuce, city meals for a dollar, individual portions. Rose had us put gotcha in with them. He would keep. Throw the lot in there and bury me with them. Rudy carried gotcha down. Ps. Rose said. I can think of no other way to spell it. Hopi eat dogs, she whispered. They dance with chickens. They dress up like ravens and snakes. Rudy carried Rose to her naga-hide chair. She smelled like gotcha. She fell out of it. Rudy said, you meant to. Rose spat at him. I'm starved. Give me a leg to gnaw on. She quit eating. She didn't care if she lived. They gave her something for it. We gave Rose a siren flashlight for her to call us to her bed, to her chair. Wow, 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 it went. She motioned for me to bend near. Check on gotcha, she said. Gotcha's dead, I said exactly. He was there, but an ear was missing. I turned him over to hide the deed. I took to Rudy. My next little egg went out. I picked life was my way of thinking, despite the blah, blah, blah. Rose said, if at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. Wow, 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 the siren went, but we kept to the pack of doing what people do. Rudy had me knocked up come April. Come April, Snicker died of poison. We found her in back in the sunshine, blown up and foaming. Get out, Rose said. I had nowhere to go. She said, I'll tell you a cute little story. She made Rudy sweep the flagstone where the deer mice pissed and lived. There was once a little Indian, Rose began. Drool crept from her mouth to her ear. She had hairs in her ears. I offered to pluck them. I plucked her whiskers. We drank paps from from cans and watched the window where Rudy laid the Pacissandra down. No Rudy. No Rudy in that house long enough it seemed he must be gone. I took a photo of the last place I saw him. His buttered hair, his silken tongue. He took gotcha, bundled up like a baby already starting to thaw. Rose said, I never did have any babies. I never had brothers or sisters. My neighbors have been awful good to me. We make our choices, she said, and drifted to sleep, and waked and said, and then we lie in them. I lay in bed and felt the baby kick in me, mine and Rudy's. Rudy was wicked. That didn't matter to me. I couldn't say if the baby mattered to me or if it was just something that happened, like breaking the neck of the femur off on your way to driver's safety. I caught myself in the mirror, pulled my face toward my ears. That was better. I didn't look hard. I touched myself and kept going. I went until the bees bunched up in my lungs, thinking, Rudy, Rudy, slow until they lit out through me how lovely they used to do. In the morning, I went to the hospital and had them scrape what Rudy gave me out. I would not have been much of a mother. I went for shitbags. I like to sleep late, I like people who could work their own spoon. I stopped in for caustic green chili, it made my head sweat. It made me cry until I couldn't stop crying. I flirted with the waiter and stiffed him, getting back at Rudy. Rose was singing when I walked in. Won't you go on, mule? Don't you roll those eyes? You can change a fool, but a doggone mule is a mule until he dies. I pried the window open. Something had shit in the grass, maybe elephant. The Pekka was still matted down. I felt it for heat like a campfire the cowboys have ridden out from. The telephone rang. It hadn't done that before. Is Spanky there? Hey, Spanky. Spanky, I said. Rudy? Get back here, little bunny. It wasn't Rudy. It was those characters down the street. That night, I tied a rag around Big Ed's jaws to stopping napping when I went out. Even outside, I heard Rose sleeping. It was just me and Rose and Big Ed now. I walked to Spanky's. It was right down the street. There were hookers outside in barbie clothes, strippers inside in sequins. They danced in cages. They lunged at the bars. I ate french fries. I drank a nice cold Coke. You know I love you forever, but if you make me a Coca-Cola, I'll love you forever more. Pot roast, frozen lettuce, prunes. Chicken leg, frozen lettuce, peaches. Meatloaf, frozen lettuce, pudding. Pot roast, frozen lettuce, prunes. No, Rudy. I could take you out. Only way I'm going out is in a coffin. She quit singing. She ate a grape here and there if I skinned it. She quit letting me pluck her chin hairs out or work at her ingrown toes. Her siren weakened. Her organ quit. She quit sitting in the back with Big Ed. Come May, Big Ed was finished, dead of having lived. I started in the far room, pulling plugs on TV sets, the murders and the heartbreak, the vim and vigor of the news. The sound closed around Rose. She never noticed. I pulled the last prong and her room went, hmm. Now it was me and Rose and long desert days and three square meals she wouldn't touch any more. The siren gave out altogether and Rose had to call me by name. She forgot my name. She forgot I was there. When she saw me, she said, Who is it? I went to the attic and tried on dresses, much too short, far too wide. What do you want to do today, Rose? Swing on the bar, she said, her hands hooked beside her chin. Her room filled up with butterflies. She was suffocating in them. Rudy sent a photograph. His chest was heaving from the dance he had danced. His face was shining and the brave, lovely wings of his back. We need air, I told Rose, a little sunshine. Every day was sunshine. I suggested a little Tang party and tea. I brought Lorna Dunes to the front stoop where the rest of a world went by. The dying elm was spray-painted disco. A spick pinched a loaf in the grass. I thought I'd never seen it, but I'd seen it a hundred times. Rose struggled along behind her walker to the lip of the front stoop. I tossed her walker in the pack of Sandra. I hooked my arms behind her neck and knees, swung her softly up. My bride, I thought, my balding doll. But everything in her was breaking. Oh, Rose moaned, and then move it. We lay on our backs, breathing. The grass was pokey and dry beneath us. The leaves did their thing in the sun. Rose, ha- Rose held out her hand for a Lorna dune. They were perfect. They were from the 1960s. <clears throat> She'd be dead before she got it to her mouth. Tell me something, I told Rose. Tell me a cute little story. Fuck off, said Rose. I was choked up. I ate slowly, my love, my last Lorna Doone. my old bloody country. Thank you. That's it.